Welcome back to The Crucible for this second of our keynote events. Our change maker this evening is the second of three poets to grace the stage at CMC this year. Poets are very welcome at CMC because they bring inspiration and also a different point of view, as we discovered yesterday with Michael Rosen. Our final poetic moment will be tomorrow's last word, right at the end of the conference, and I can assure you it's not to be missed as the amazing Toby Thompson will take us on a fantastical journey through childhood and myth. But today's poet is no less amazing. Jay Hume is an award winner. In fact, he told us that in the Clipper Children's Poetry Awards earlier this year, they were so keen on the anthology he'd contributed to that they created an extra award for it. That book, Rising Stars, featured five LGBT and BAME poets and was his first foray into poetry for children. Jay is transgender and he works with a coalition of campaigners, Inclusive Minds, to encourage accurate diversity in literature for children and young adults. He also teaches poetry across the country. In 2015, he won Slambassadors, the UK's biggest youth poetry slam, in 2016, he was a finalist in the Roundhouse Poetry Slam, and in 2017, he was featured in the Nationwide Building Society Voices advertising campaign. And now, he's here in the Crucible to ask us, how can we show children themselves in our works? Let's give him a big Crucible welcome, Jay Hume. Hello. I don't really do these corporate things. I just say words to random people in strange places. Um, so yeah, my question is, how do we, uh, how do we show kids themselves in our work? Because I mean, growing up as a transgender, working class, bisexual person in the Midlands, there wasn't really anything for me. Um, <laughs> there was Bear in the Big Blue House. That was good. Um, showing my age in the reverse way. Um, <laughs> take this very seriously. Um, so the question is a great question, but to answer it, we have to kind of ask what diversity means to different people. And I think the most important aspect of diversity is that it's accurate. You can't show a kid a dodgy version of the life they actually live and expect them to connect with it and appreciate it and enjoy it because they'll just look at it and go, nah. <laughs> Children do that. I've been in schools and they just look at me and they go, nah. Um, and then I leave the room crying. And um, I feel like it's important that we recognise that. And one of the best ways we can get accurate diversity is to employ people in your businesses who are diverse. But of course, that causes a problem for small companies. And of course, when you get into the whole intersectionality thing, I mean, if you need someone who is from a certain country with a certain disability and a certain sexuality, if you employ them, I will be very impressed. Um, and that's where people like me come in with our long list of issues. And <laughs> we help you all. Um, and it's, I think it's important to get people to come in and consult on your work and make sure that it's right, whether it's a TV show, whether it's a book, whatever it is. Um, and then people fall into the trap of getting specialists. 
And it's like you get a medical specialist, yeah, they'll know exactly why this person's legs don't work, but they won't know what it feels like for their legs not to work. You get a gender specialist, they'll be able to tell you exactly how hormones work on the human body, but will they be able to tell you that trans men go, hmm, when their voice drops, because it feels really weird when your voice vibrates through your whole torso? No, they don't know that, because who tells them that? It's a bit embarrassing. Um, and that's why you need people like us. So um, if you were doing something, I don't know, TV, movie, book, whatever, and you had a, you know, a fresh trans straight out of the closet, mothballs all over, you know, and they're, they're in a restaurant or whatever, and you need them to leave the room so someone can do some gossip and drama happens later, right? They're not allowed to hear it. Um, you know, maybe you send them to the toilet. Can anyone think of the problem there with sending a fresh trans to the toilet? It's just, nobody's going to believe it. It's like sending a vegan to the carvery to get them out of the way. <laughs> because toilets are awkward and scary places. Um, so that one's obvious, but then you've got the little things. So like, okay, you're in this restaurant. I'm going with this theme. We're in, I'm thinking of Pizza Express later. We're in this restaurant. There's free water, right? I love free things, just so everyone knows. I am a fan of free stuff. And I drink so much tap water because it's free, right? That is because I'm not a fresh trans. If you have... You're not allowed to make that joke, by the way. That's mine. Um, <laughs> only trans people can do that. Um, if you have them drinking loads of that free tap water, trans people watching won't believe it because if you drink water, you need a wee. You have to go to the toilet. There's huge spates of trans people getting dehydrated because they are so awkward to use the toilet. It just happens. Um, and you don't think about that kind of thing. So it's all the very little stuff that you consider. I mean, if you have a trans guy who's chest binding and you have him walk up a hill and he doesn't stop halfway, everyone's going to be like, nah. And it's the same with every other kind of thing. I mean, my mum's disabled and you watch things and I don't think I've ever seen a show where someone rubs a nice soft thing on someone's face so they can feel it because the hands don't really feel. And it's just the little stuff that brings in all of the detail that you want because when you have a, diver like a diverse cast and a diverse story in your show, you will get a diverse audience. There's a joke that is 100% true that if you put a lesbian in a show, all of the lesbians will watch your show and then when the lesbian dies, as they always seem to do, the lesbians will stop watching your show. It's all about the lesbians. Um, it's 100% true, by the way. Um, and it's the same with all kinds of diversity. If you put a trans person in your show, loads of trans people will watch it. And if you get it wrong, they'll feel really quite betrayed, but they'll also go, what are these people doing? Do they not know? Because they'll pick up on things that you wouldn't even consider of thinking about. And it's the same with different ethnicities and different sexualities and the combinations of the two. I mean, I know some very lovely, very Christian lesbians and their lesbianism is completely different to others because it's hugely impacted by their religion and the fact that one of them is actually a priest. And they're great. Um, <laughs> so I think it's really important to consider that um, and how that impacts your audiences. And I mean, if we're going to think, okay, why? Okay, let's go all businessy. Let's be, let's be more sort of Grinch than generous here. Um, all of the number thinkers, all of the finance people, all of the poor sods who have to report to them. Why? Because people are so starved for representation that they will go crazy for it. I mean, loads of people on the internet have decided that Harry Potter is half Indian because there are no half Indian characters. And so they're like, yeah, he is. Loads of people have decided that different characters are trans because there aren't any trans characters. And they're like, there's no proof they're not, though. You see a straight character, at least five people think they're bisexual. Because they don't have that representation. You bring it in, financially, it's a boon. They're going to buy all of the, like, figurines. You're sorted. So if you're not thinking about this in a moral perspective, 
about showing kids who they are and making them understand the world and their lives and appreciate themselves as who they are and better understand who they are. I mean, if I'd known that trans was a thing before I was 17 years old, my life would have been easier. Um, and just a positive representation would have made the whole thing far less dramatic. It doesn't even have to be about our stories. It just has to have us there. You know, you've got lesbians walking down the street holding hands. You've just got an actual diverse bus, like all buses are. It goes a long way. And yeah, I'm sick of stories about trans people being, oh, the poor trans, it's so sad. Because honestly, yesterday I ate like six cupcakes, it was great. <laughs> they had rainbow toppings. <laughs> but yeah, so I think it's important to consider that, you know, when you're doing representation, it's not just about, oh, tell the sad story. Um, but also I just, I got really angry this morning because um, a cisgender woman has been cast as a trans man in a new movie, you may have heard. Very angry about that, cast trans people as trans people because as soon as they get off stage and go to awards or a scene and you've got like someone who played a trans woman and they've grown a beard, everyone's like, yeah, trans is a costume. Clearly, that's what Jared Leto said. Um, so now that we've named names, I'm just gonna do a little poem and I'll go away. Does everyone feel like that? <laughs> I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do like one of my angry trans poems rather than my children's poems about polar bears and that because you're adults, okay? You're gonna have to suffer. <laughs> this poem's dark. It's um, so trans men generally chest bind because now nah, boobs. Um, and I had top surgery, so it's all good now, but beforehand I did and it was nasty. And this poem's half about that, but metaphorically about that. Mostly it's about the fact that as a five foot two trans guy, people think they can shout things at me in the street. And as media creators, you can change children and make them not do that. And then they grow up and then nobody does it and it'll be fabulous. So this poem's about that and it's dedicated to that guy. <laughs> I do not have the space in my lungs to combat these words you have said. My lung tissue is probably dead, but I keep on breathing shallowly. My chest capacity is somehow smaller than the grave that's already been dug for me. This symmetry between the giver of life and my ending is bending time and leading me back to where it all began. I'd say I ran, but lately I've no capacity for breathing heavily, so honestly I just walked a little quickly, but he followed me. And the words that rolled off his tongue were an opposing symphony. An amalgam of lesbo and gay boy and tranny, I think he was unsure of which type of bigotry would be fitting to shout at me. So he just used a bit of LGB and T and hoped that it would offend me. <laughs> but seriously, mate, I've heard it all before and seeing as my body is at war with itself, I can't be asked to indulge you. You dickhead. <laughs> My lungs bleed red, more than lungs really should. I cough up blood sometimes, but I see it as worth it. The chest that I have not given from birth is bound what's around with a shirt of elastic. I'm flat, it's fantastic, and I'm proud to say I chose the safest option. But it's still bloody killing me. I can't imagine a world without bigotry, because this world's built on prejudice, so ingrained, it's pretended that trans is something feigned, like anyone would choose this. I would willingly lose this brothers, sisters, people for whom this binary system just doesn't fit. People who fear and revel in it walk with me down that silent street, down every silent street walk with me. 
Through graveyards filled with incorrect names, through hateful words with hateful aims, through every violent act enacted in hate, through every day, through every fate. Walk with me through those words that came from his mouth on that street, my feet chasing the rivers flow away, away from here. My lungs are too small these days to shout these words loud enough that others can hear them. My lungs cannot contain these words beside all the others they need to say. My lungs are beat into submission. My lungs are tattered flags on bone masts, calling on armies that are not yet recruited to save people who are already dead. My lungs need your lungs, need your hearts, need your words. My lungs need you to tell men like him that his words, his prejudice, his hate are not welcome here. My lungs need you to stand up for people like us. Thank you.